Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Very happy new year, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the McAvoy Super Value GA Podcast and We Are Cavan. Uh, the very first of 2020. Hope you had a, a good finish to 2019 and are looking forward to a prosperous and successful 2020. Um, in, in all walks of life, but mainly on the sporting field and the GEA grounds. Um, we're going to look back over the McAvoy's Super Value on the 20 Division 2 final, which took place on New Year's Eve in Ballyconnell, who was Darren O'Creeve against Aaron Gales. I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo Celt to look back over it. Paul, we'll start off because somebody did get in contact with me about your prediction for this game. So there's there's a reason that you get a lot more predictions right than me, and their their point was that you said, "Look, I think it could be a draw. It'll be very close. It could <laughs> go to extra time, and it could be one side. <laughs> all all in all in space with thirty seconds. They reckon you you covered four bases. Yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, I predicted the result again. <laughs> did I? Did it was I not? One-sided. Oh no, I predicted Aaron Gales yeah. win the game. Yeah, yeah. No, you so, did. You did. You you predicted Aaron Gales. When I, thought, when I thought about it after. Genuinely, when I, as I, as I was discussing it there, that's why I kept it was like, hold on. I started off thinking it was tight, and the more the more I talked, and the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't think it's <laughs> yeah. going to be tight. And I ended up kind of saying, actually, yeah. and you know what? Th- sometimes replays are blowouts, like yeah, yeah. And 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 the alternative to that would have been you thinking before you speak, and a lot of dead air on a podcast, and it just doesn't work. So yeah, it's, no. it's better that you talk while you're while you're thinking. Definitely on a podcast. I just like to open my gob and see what comes out, and then after that. <laughs> Defend it though. After that, justify it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it. It turned out to be a, a one-sided affair in the end, three eleven to to nine points. And who I saw your tweeting about Darren McGorn. Was he the standout man? Oh, he was. He was excellent. He was excellent. Now he scored eight points from open play. Sorry, eight points from freeze. No, one one from one from open play, seven from freeze. But. That sounds like he was just a good free taker. He won probably four of those frees himself at least, and he set up two goals. You know, he he was really influential. He was the standout player on the field, and his frees. I think he started off his very first one was left foot, right corner out of his hands, and then went to off the ground about 40 yards, 42, 43 yards maybe to the right hand side of the goals with his right foot. And you know every every array. I don't think he kicked any off the ground with his left foot, but he had every array of free that you need, and and every angle, every distance. And you were looking at it. It reminded me of. Do you remember Ryan Connolly's display down there? Was it last year, or the year before? He hit sidelines, and he could have been a league playoff. Were you down yeah. at that one? No, it wasn't that game. A phenomenal display. He 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 hit sideline left and right. It was just brilliant. But. It sort of reminded me of Dad. Obviously, Daryl's a, a bit younger, so still has a, another maybe five, ten yards to add on to his kicking. But he had no, no problem with his kicking in difficult, very difficult conditions. Contrast that to the other side. Darren O'Creeve, in the first half, had four wides from freeze. They had two different free takers. It wasn't going well for them. Rory Corn and Cuevin McGovern both missed freeze. 
then Keane McGovern took one in the second half. He missed a free. That was the difference between the sides because if those frees had been going over for Darren O'Creeve, they were close close enough to, to make a, a rally in the last and 10 minutes. How did the midfield battle go? You predicted Aaron Gales as winner. And, and they did, again. They did again, yeah. They were, they were just... Cormac Donoghue actually showed a couple of minutes of class, a couple of moments of class that where you're just going, okay, he, he can think on a higher level here. You know, he's just... There was one was a throw-in and the other way everybody gathers round in a circle the two players that are thrown in. I could see him just as the referee was about to bend down to pick up the ball. Uh, Conor Donina will come to him later on. Um, no, not at all. But anyway, uh, just as he was about to bend down to, to pick up the ball, Cormac, just, I could see him scanning. His head torn. He scanned who was in the circle, who was the advantage. A little nudge of the shoulder at the perfect time and just palmed it down to the target he wanted. You know, just that little... Very, you know, not not very noticeable, but noticeable to me that that right. He, that this wasn't just him trying to get a hand on it and hoping it lands somewhere. He he calculated what he wanted to do. So I thought he was very good. And Finn O'Reilly was was excellent. There was two or three turnovers where Rory Corn was breaking, and you thought, right here he goes. He he's gone. Now he got away a few times, but there was two or three times when Cor- when Finn stayed with him, got a perfect tackle in, dispossessed him. And off went Aaron Gales on the attack again. So, again, the, the midfield battle. Now, Rory Corn still scored three points. Uh, Sean McHugh scored one. So, you know, if you looked at it from a scoring point of view, you'd say Darren O'Creeve won it. But really, from open play, from kick-out win, it, it, it was it was, it was was Aaron Gales who had the better, I thought, anyway. Was it a, fa- was it a thing that, that um, the key men were blotted out for Darren O'Creeve then? Yeah, like like somebody asked me that actually. A, a couple of a couple of different lads who were coaching around the county were were asking me about the the, the Marsden and, and Quevin McGovern factor. And again, I'd have to say, like now, Quevin was still very influential when you come away from the game with with hindsight. But you don't know when a back wins two or three fifty fifty balls in a game. Yeah, you automatically think, well, he won the battle. Because you expect forwards to win the ball. The ball is given to their advantage. So Marsden won two or three of them, and therefore you thought he won the battle overall. Then when I came away, thought of me scores up. I think Cueven McGovern scored four or five points. You okay. know, now two frees, maybe three from open play. So it still wasn't a bad display, and and he showed like that moments of class. One of the points was um, deep in the second half, and. I think it was a free in the middle of the field and Quivian was left one-on-one inside with, with Marsden. And the Aaron Gill's wing half-back, I think it was Mark Maguire, spotted that it was one-on-one and, and, and that the ball was going to go long. So he started running from the half-back line. Ball went in high and McGovern kind of, luckily he was trying to get a position to jump but, but couldn't get a jump away because Marsden was, was, was good and tied to him. But instead of jumping, he kind of just reached his arm enough to palm the ball into the path that he wanted to make space for the goal. Now, Maguire had come in just to block off that space for the goal, so McGovern tapped it over the bar. But you could see what he's trying to do. You could see his train of thought in, in that, look, if I can get it onto my right foot here by palming it over this side, I, I have a chance of a goal here. So, yeah. like, a few moments, even McGovern for me is, is a player with development will will go on and be a county senior, but he's still physically, Marsden's a lot stronger, an awful lot stronger, and, and I think he's Her, only a year older. Mm, yeah. So it's, it, but other, other, other key battles, probably Maguire, Maguire was very, very good at, at wing half back, actually, the more I thought about it. Um, 
and in the middle of the field was was the really key battles. Like Dylan O'Brien had had his hands full with Darren McGorn and and probably just didn't didn't do himself justice on that because McGorn was awesome. Like one of the one of the goals. Um, just trying to think who got it for Aaron Gales. It, it it could have been who was it coming cutting in on the far side. It might have been Dar- no. It was actually Jack O'Callaghan, corner forward. He finished with one one, but. Uh, McGorn won a breaking ball in the middle of the field turned and gave this pass in behind the defence and you're kind of going Jesus where's that for and all of a sudden you could see on the far side of the field running in was O'Callaghan the goalkeeper for Darren O'Creeve was coming out and got there first but spilled it and O'Callaghan gathered up the breaking and stuck it in the net but the idea for the ball was perfect it was a pocket of space of about 20 yards and he seen O'Callaghan's run into that pocket so um, it, it, it was really excellent display by McGoran and, and yeah so it's a good boost for Jermaine and Baltorba to win that I suppose but I was looking at the team photograph and there was 15 subs so like numbers aren't particularly low um, no. f- to be forcing an amalgamation you know, like there's 15 lads there that not, well, a lot of lads there not getting the game. I'd be interested to know what the breakdown is. It's hardly 15 15. No, that's, and that's the point. But if one team is 18 or 19, are they not better on their own? But then Bill Torbett wouldn't have had, I think it was Drumlane had, had the majority of the numbers, even though I think the team might have been a 50 50 split or, or a, as close as you can to be on a 15 side. I think it was 9 6 the first day to Drumlane. To Drumlane, was yeah, it? I think so. Um, For, from what I understand, Bill Torbett hadn't. Um, haven't had a minor team in three years, right? So they, you know, they wouldn't have been able to field on their own. You know, what's the world coming to when Jim Lane and Bill Torbett are, are teaming ah, up? Listen, sure. Peace, peace on earth and goodwill <laughs> to all men. And, and it is the holiday season, so we're, you know, they, they, they anticipated this was going to be that'll be that'll be like the uh, the Taliban and the US US Armed Forces teaming up. <laughs> I had to beat Russia <laughs> or China or somebody. Um, yeah, but it, it, it was. Do you know what? They gelled well together. Like they, they looked like a, a team that knew each other inside out. Well, you know what? The, young young fellas now with social media and, ever, and everything else, like they all know each other. It's not like when we were when we were that age. Like you'd hate the fella from up the road. Yeah. <laughs> You because def- you didn't know them. You didn't know them, fellas, but they all know each other now. They all socialise together. It probably easy, makes it easier for amalgamations. Yeah, possibly so. Possibly so. But it was it was definitely a good win for uh, for Aaron Gales. And congratulations to them. And commiserations to Darren O'Creeve. Uh, bringing it on to the referee. And, and the reason I bring it up is because we received a couple of tweets from a couple of the Darren O'Creeve players. Maybe not that happy about the referee. I have to say, overall, he had a good game. He didn't. He definitely didn't influence the outcome, the result of the game. You know, I I think it was a. You know, it's something that that we we nearly need to look at in the culture of the GEA, and I'm I'm a big guilty part of this, I suppose. When I when I've been managing, maybe sometimes that we turn around and and rather than look within and say, well, you know, why didn't we win this game? We go, well, it wasn't our fault. It was it was the referee's fault, and I don't think that that's the healthy way to approach it because it doesn't matter what game it is we can't influence the referee but mm. we can influence our own decisions we can influence what we do and to, to use the referee as a scapegoat in this case it's it's wrong like they're not the referee did not influence the outcome of this game it was, oh, wait, wait, was that was that something that was going around well it, yeah a couple a couple of Darren Creeve players tweeted me to, to say kind of well just commented on the referee 
Yeah. You know, so and you, you disagree. I disagree. No, I have to say I, I disagree. And, and and both players I like, they're they're very good, talented footballers. I won't I won't name them, but they're um you know, they're good players. They're if if they concentrate on their game on themselves, they'll um they'll get they'll get themselves you know, they'll be very, very good footballers. But I'm not a fan of Connor Connor Dernine's refereeing style, I have to say. Now I didn't see this game. Yeah. Um so I can't comment on his performance, but I, I find I find he's a little bit antagonistic. Um yeah. like he's a little bit schoolmasterly with players. Now and, and that's probably where one of these players is coming from. Uh, that winds that winds players up. There was a sending off and from my understanding of it now, and I I, I, I can't say this one hundred percent, it looked like it was for verbal abuse. Or that looked like what was being simulated. Yeah, but sometimes, like, okay, you shouldn't abuse a ref, but I don't know what happened in this game, but sometimes ref, refs bring it on themselves. Like, referees have to respect players. Like, I'm not talking about Darnene in particular, but mm. sometimes you see with referees that they're, they're not really giving refer- players the hide. The referees are looking for respect, but are they giving players the hide respect at all times? You know, this sort of thing of wagging the finger and, and, and kind of like looking down, looking down at players. You take Joe McQuillan and who is probably the top referee in Cavan based on getting all Ireland finals and everything else his body language is generally neutral a lot of people don't rate McQuillan as a ref a lot of people think he's a great ref but his body language is neutral he doesn't he doesn't yeah he, he's not he's a, not their friend but he's not their foe yeah he's just he just goes and like he doesn't seem to, he never seems to be getting thick about it or taking personal affront at something yeah or some refs do seem to, to get like that possibly yeah, but, but, but yeah, yeah. that's the thing that antagonizes players but on, on, on the other side as you say like sorry about that interruption <laughs> <laughs> we're worried is there a load of men in black shorts and <laughs> black jerseys coming to attack us in case anyone's wondering, the, the, the alarm is after going off here in the middle of the podcast for the first time ever. We said we'd leave it in because... <laughs> <We're> <laughs> over Paul is, I said nothing bad about referees, I just want to clear that up. I saw Conor Doreen running down the avenue there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, not, not been picking out any referee in particular, just just thought that was on referees. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand your point and, and the funny thing is that it's it's a difficult thing for referees because I don't think they deliberately do it to to undermine the player or, or you know to 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 give the impression that that they're above them in any way. They're just stamping their authority, and and some people do that in different ways. But I was at a game a couple of weeks ago where um, for an opposition kick out, one team was shouting, "How long? How long? How long?" And it was the first kick out of the game. Yeah. And the referee stamped his authority by simply shouting, shut the hell up, anybody shouts that from now on, you're going off. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? It was good, clear communication, and it was an underage game. So I, like, I remember kind of thinking at the time going, you know, it's not orthodox, but it's right. Yeah. Just send the message out. You know, that's not, I'm not accepting that behavior. Move on now. And, and, away, and do you know what? It put a stop to it. Yeah, you know, and people aren't a bit hard on refs in my ways. Like there was a game I was at <laughs> last year, and I was actually counting the freeze, and uh, I can't remember what game it was. I think it might have been a Cavan game, but I was counting the freeze anyway, and it, it was like three two. Let's say it was three two to Team A in the free count. It was about five or six minutes into it, and he, this this supporter was calling out for a free, and then he goes, Jesus Christ, give us something. <laughs> I was like, hold on, yeah. five, five minutes in here, yeah. and you have got three frees. See, sometimes the the history and the perception of, of a referee 
uh, leads into the game and, and people I know of I know of clubs that I've been with and, and players that I've played with that have this idea oh that referee oh jeez he hates us yeah. he absolutely hates us yeah. I don't think any referee hates teams you no. know they might hate an individual on the team but mm. they hate an entire team as a referee I think it's a wee bit harsh and a wee bit yeah. maybe a wee bit mad um, but yeah look at Happy New Year to all the referees anyway we're, <laughs> we're looking forward to 2020 well, Kieran Callan made that one of his priorities to get more referees mm. um, because we've we've only got like 43 referees I think he said and last year there was something like 1500 matches played Yeah, yeah. so like it's a tight goal and what he said was uh, or what John Duffy the referees administrator said on at the night of convention was Look around your parish, look around your clubs, surely you can find one. And I was thinking, yeah, there's always one. There's always <laughs> one. The, uh, I, I, actually, that, that referee who um, I happened to be talking at halftime in the game when, when he gave the clear instruction, we, we were chatting away, but he was saying, I, I was saying, look, it's a tough job in referees. He says, I'd rather that than be a manager anyway. And mm. I was going, Jesus, I don't think so. And he was saying, well, referees, we walk away from a game and it's done and our involvement with that club or that 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 team is done. You're going to be abused for years to come because you promoted, relegated, dropped the player or whatever. He says, you know, it's tankless. It's completely tankless. I'm kind of I don't fully agree with that. No, no. Jesus, I, w- I would say referees are a lot more tankless than man. I'd have to say so. I... I, I I don't think I'd do it for love nor money no. because it's uh, it's a tough job. It is a very tough job, and and don't get me wrong, they they uh, they they do it out of love of the game. But they, they well, my, I know I know how to fix the refereeing problem. If anyone would just listen to me, Damien. Old players, is this? Yeah, referees traditionally were drawn from past players right through until the nineteen sixties. That was the way it always was, and you had really big name players. You know, Mick yeah. Higginses and superstars. You know, Mick Higgins was the Kieran Kenny of his day, like. And referees were drawn from that class of player. And they were even refereeing someone while they were still playing, like Simon Dagdon refereeing the yeah. Munster final in 47 and him playing in the Ulster final. Yeah. And automatically players had respect for them. So you weren't, you weren't bringing along some, some fella who footballers didn't have respect for to start with and saying, you better respect this fella. You're bringing a fella who everyone had serious respect for. So it's yeah. natural that they were going to respect him. I understand your point. And, and, and it, it possibly could work. But you can't restrict it to just. Oh no! I'm, oh no! I wouldn't say that. But I'm saying there needs to be a push to say to ex players, you want to be you want to be in Crow Park and all and finally you can do it, and you don't have to be a manager. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I can't like. Is is there a player? Let's, you t- let's say you're Peter Riley or, or some of these really well respected former cabin players were refereeing. There'd be there'd just be automatic. There'd be none of this give respect, get respect. You wouldn't need a little logo on your arm. He's Peter Riley. You respect him. You know, and there's lots of fellas of that stature. Yeah, yeah. You see, and and while in theory, I completely agree with you. There's a reason why. Take that '97 team, which a lot of them are of refereeing age. Are any of them refereeing? No, not that I know of. No, no none. And there's a reason. There's yeah. a reason there. Now, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I know the reason, but there's a reason they're not refereeing. Yeah. So it, cha- it changed. It started to change in the 70s, uh, where county players stopped refereeing. Like right. you would still get, you still get club players, obviously ex club players refereeing, but not even that many. Yeah. A lot of referees don't play much football. Well, they go into refereeing. Early, as well, like, look, ah, there's there, there's quite a few referees that that are ex players. There are, but there's quite a few that really never play any, any football. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, look, it's 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 a debate, but uh, it's not one we're going to solve here on the podcast.
Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Um, we're going to move on to this weekend's action where Cavan are taking on Tyrone in the Mechanic Cup um, up in Oma. Looking forward to this one, Paul? I'm not. I'm dreading <laughs> it. I am dreading it. I'm hoping it pisses rain because the pitch in Oma can't take much for her. Um, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I hope it pisses rain just enough that the game goes ahead <laughs> and restricts the the the, uh, the 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 level of scores or the amount of scores you could get in the game. If you if you look at Cavan's games against their own, I mean, and it's very clear to see uh, how. How Cavan can go about being competitive with Tyrone, it's easy to say it's sitting here. How yeah. do you, but Cavan have got to restrict Tyrone's scoring. We can't take on Tyrone in a shootout. If history t- teaches us anything, if it's a high-scoring game, they're going to tear us apart. And uh, looking at the stats here, we played them in the first round of the league in 2016 and they beat us 10-8 up in Oma. So a two-point loss, but we restricted them yeah. uh, from scoring heavily. We played them in the championship. We drew with them. We held them to sixteen points. Sixteen points to three seven. Clean sheet. Yeah. Sixteen points in the replay. We lost. So we we, we drew that game. So so when we lost by two and when we drew, it, the key thing was that Tyrone didn't score as much as usual. In the replay, we lost by ten points. Tyrone scored five eighteen. So that was an absolute shootout, and we were we lost by ten points. We also lost. Played them in the league final. I don't have that score in the hand. I forgot about that game. We played yeah. in the league final that year. We held them to a, to a reasonably low score as well in Crow Park. In 2017, we played them in the league game. They beat us 19. They scored 19 points. Beat us 19 points to nine. Again, we can't couldn't live with that level of scoring. Uh, the following January in the McKenna Cup, which was a record defeat, 20, uh, 2.22 to seven points. And that that game was the one where this was January 2018. Played them in the McKenna Cup. Oh yeah, well you, you missed the 2017 McKenna Cup. Oh, we beat them. Oh, well, we beat them. Sorry. Um, and the score in that was low-ish. I think. If I'm it was, it was, it was like 10, 10 to twelve or something. Like that. I haven't got a goal. It was something like it was something like um, one fourteen, one fourteen to thirteen points 13 or something. Point, yeah, something like that. You're right. Um, Jerry Smith got the goal that That's time. right. That's right. Uh, forgot, forgot about that. How did they forget about that one? It's their only win because it was Matty Midlane and over the team. You forgot about credit it. to Midlane, but okay, he, yeah. he did he did oversee that win. He also oversaw the, the heaviest home defeat in the history of Cavan football in that McKenna Cup game, two twenty two to seven points after the game. Matty wouldn't talk to the media. That's right, which was bad form. Uh, I thought that was a that was a very very bad defeat. I remember looking at the odds before the game, and someone had got wind of it because. It was getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and Tyrone actually went off at thirty-three to one on favourites, which I've never seen anything like that in a match involving Cavan before. Even yeah. playing Dublin, thirty-three to one on, and the ma- the mad thing was, I think so. I don't have that team in front of me, but I, I remember someone tweeting me afterwards saying, oh, "I was totally over the top, all the giving out back then," and I said it wasn't because it was a record defeat, and I think something like 
13 of those lads played championship football last year after. Do you know what? Bless your memory. The, the, I was just looking as you were chatting there. The 2017 result was Cavan won 13, Tyrone 12 points. Ah, we were close. You're good. You're good. Um, then we went on and played them in the qualifiers that year. And this is the, the sort of outlier. Tyrone put up 18 points, but Cavan got, got 112. But again, clean sheet. Yeah. Um, and we were competitive. And that was the closest we've, we came um, since 2016 to beating them. Then we played them in the league, 115 to 9. Then we played them in in the championship this year, and it was one twenty to yeah. se- last year. It was one twenty to seven points, which was a very so. Very what you're bad saying, defeat. what you're saying is bring back the blanket, the black death. Let's see it. Let's see. Well, it we can't beat them in a shootout. We've never beaten them in a shootout. Um, yeah. To own just see Calvin as a soft touch. I remember Andy McGinley on News Talk last year. Look, we were after getting to those to final. Um, okay, we got it. Trimming against Donegal. But Enda McGinley was on News Talk. When the draw came out, he was like, oh, yeah, sweet. He was yeah. like, yeah, this is us into the Super 8s now. And uh, we're going to be in the group with X, Y, and Z. And there's a path there to the All-Ireland final. Yeah. And that's the way their own think about it. And they had they have absolutely no respect for Cavan. And why would they? Yeah. Well, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. Like we we've be- we've be- haven't beaten them in a championship since 1984. Like, that is a sorry record. We beat them 11-10 that day. Um, sorry, 1983. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that that we be, that's that's heading on for that's soon going to be forty years. <laughs> to, to talk and we about haven't bet them in we bet them in McKenna Cup on the Merlina, and we haven't bet them in McKenna Cup in two thousand, and then we beat them in the league. I think in the late nineties. In reality, and 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 maybe this will be played to to Calvin players, but this is a you know, it's a game to nothing really. As in, we're not going to beat. Tyrone this weekend I'd be very very surprised if we do unless Tyrone have changed something that they've never done before which would be ignore the McKenna Cup we're going to we're going to be beat by Tyrone at the weekend you know so Mickey Graham and co are going into this game now with maybe a different mindset that you know what 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 can we get out of this what advantage can we get in this like Tyrone is our last chance before championship to play a division 1 team you know, so you got to you got to take it as a as an opportunity that right. Well, what are we going to do if we come across a Division One team in in the Championship, a team that maybe we're going to be underdogs against? How are we going to prepare ourselves for it? You know, so you'd imagine that he'll take that approach and 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 have some sort of it. We'll, we, I'm I'm imagining we'll see some sort of a structure, you know, that that we haven't seen before f- under Mickey Graham. Some sort of a a system that's going to be. Right. Well, look. We need to. We need to cut our cloth to what we have mm. currently. You yeah. know, there's no point in sending young lads out. Lads, you know, five debuts last weekend. No point in sending them out as lambs to the slaughter. But you go out and just play a bit of football. Go on and away you go. That's not going to encourage them and give them positive thoughts that they can carry on into the league. So, got to do something that's going to get something we can cling from in this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's 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 always their own like, and it's so hard to. If you're a Cavan player, probably, you know, there's an awful lot of scar tissue there uh, from playing Tyrone, especially if you're if you're a player that's played against them several times because they've they have broken Cavan's hearts mm-hmm. on a lot of occasions. And the thing with them is, if they get on top of you, like they really they really hammer at home. Yeah. So like yeah. it could get ugly on some <coughs> But Mickey Graham did say he made an interesting comment to you after the game last week. He was like. You know we're going to persist with the lads this week. We're going to give them another chance. You don't just throw a fella in for one week mm-hmm. at this level. The fact of the matter is that's that is a that is a noble policy. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't have a choice. 
Yeah. Not yeah. really. Like, okay, he had Gerard McCarran and Niall Murray on the bench, but he doesn't really have a choice. There was limited time available for both of them players. Yeah. By the sounds of what Stephen what Murray as well. So, uh, uh, in addition to the panel, so on, was it a Die Hards podcast earlier in the week? We, we brought you the 31 players we knew are involved in the in the Cavan panel at the minute. Um, I've heard since the Armagh game that Thomas Galligan has been brought back into the panel. So, um, from a very reliable source, essentially on on Sunday evening, he's been asked back in. So that's that's a good addition. Yeah, that is a good addition. Um, um, from my my information, and I'm pretty confident in in this, which is a different source to yourself. Hmm. Um, I I think he was discarded. Basically, he was discarded from the panel, and now he's been brought back. I know that's the case, uh, and now he's been brought back into it, which which is a, f- a strange kind of a move, in my opinion. Um, I believe he has been playing well. He's up in Jordan's there now. I yeah. believe he's been playing well in the Sigerson League up there. I think they might have won it even. Um, which I think is strange because Cavan are down a lot of starting players, and he was a starting championship player last year. Yeah. And uh, he certainly he certainly would improve that midfield that's that's there at the moment. Yeah, well, he'd give even more experience to to that midfield. You know, he's played at higher level than than, than both them players. You know, by playing county senior Ulster Championship football. So you know, it's. Um, I was a bit disappointed with Thomas last year. I'll be honest. So I, I like yourself. I would have watched him coming up with some pads all the time. And like he's got a huge potential there. Yeah. Um, like he's a, he's a thoroughbred type of player. Um. So I think it's a big year for him. Yeah. So I hope, well, I hope now that that. But I know you. I know you wants to play with Cavan, and he's a, yeah. like he's one of these lads that wants to be there. And do you know what? Like, wouldn't it be very easy for him to turn around and go, "No, I'm not going back in. You, you, you discarded me." And I, but he doesn't want to do that. He's so determined to play for Cavan. That's what we need. We need boys that really are willing to take whatever whatever's been dished at them. To, to go in and play for Cavan, so I commend him. I, I I give him huge, huge accolade for for you know ca- taking up the call and and going in because. Well, Darren McVitie made the famous statement that that um, you know if you don't want to play with Cavan, we don't want to play with you. Yeah, and yeah. It's, that's that. I'm not saying that's a rubber Darren. That that is the way it is. Like you're either as Mick McCarthy says, you're either inside the ten pissing out or you're outside the ten pissing in. Yeah, and you know, I'd say every fellow that's there now wants to be there. Yeah, definitely. Well, you'd hope so. Anyway. Se- seem to be, seem to be. So, look at we we hope uh, we hope that the Cavan lads can get something out of the game. You know, a, a, a two, three, four point defeat wouldn't be wouldn't be bad at all. I think up in Oma, you'd take that at this point. Yeah, but th- then again, if if Cavan were to start McCarran and Murray, um, all mm-hmm. the experienced players can get their hands on, um, you just wouldn't know. Cavan are unpredictable. And the yeah. pressure. The one thing is, Cavan are very hard to predict. Usually, um, yeah, yeah. I'll ask you for a prediction. <laughs> okay, oh, Tyrone. <laughs> I know. I, I think. I think Tyrone. I just hope it doesn't get ugly. I hope Tyrone don't do what Tyrone do because, um, Cam could. You could play against Kerry or someone who might be at the same level as Tyrone would say, but for 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 argument's sake, and you turn in a certain performance, and they'll beat you by eight. And you put the same performance in against Tyrone, they beat you by eighteen. Yeah. it's always the way with them, and it, it's it's sickening when you're on the wrong side of it. Yeah, yeah, but the, the mentality from their point of view is let's let's really put doubt into the opposition's minds for the next day. You know, yeah. let's make sure that they're going. Oh God, I never want to face Tyrone ever again. You know, it's. I was watching Liverpool last night, and 
you know, Rio Ferdinand and Michael Owens were, were, were talking after the game. We're going, they've teams beat before they even the, the, the ball has started because teams are going, oh God, how am I going to live with this? You know, negative mindset going into the game. And Toronto trying their best and, and doing it very, very well in a lot of cases by absolutely when you have the foot in the throat, keep squeezing, you know, keep on. But I, I would imagine that Cavan. Cavan would need to be 10 points better than Tyrone to beat them by 2 points yeah because there's such a psychological hurdle there yeah yeah. Uh, but look at, we wish them the very best of luck we'll have a reaction on next week's podcast so thanks very much ladies and gentlemen for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast and don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan if you want to subscribe to the diehard service in 2020 where we'll be bringing you I think last year we covered just over 100 podcasts on the diehard service so um Great value for money for any Cavan GA follower. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavan, yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap. And Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!